Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Sunday, August the 28th, 2022. It is currently 3.55 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the studios of Theology Central, of the Theology Central Studios. Yes, I mean, I can just make it whatever I want, right? I'm coming to you from the Theology Central headquarters. I'm coming to you from the Theology Central bunker. I'm coming to you from, I can just say whatever I want it to be, right? I mean, true. I mean, it's my podcast. I can call it whatever I want. I can say whatever I want. I can tell you that I'm coming to you from a, a different country. I can tell you I'm coming to you from a different planet. I mean, I can literally say whatever I want, right? I could tell you that, welcome everyone, it is... I could say it's Thursday. I could say it's the year 2027 and you're being sent this message in advance. I mean, I, I mean, I could, uh, I could say and do anything I want because, well, it's my podcast. I can say whatever I want to say. True. I really want you to think about that. Because I'm going to take that concept and I'm going to apply it to something that you're not going to be in agreement with. But I believe it's it's the exact same thing. Like I can say whatever I want on my podcast and you don't care. But there's another area where if I start doing that, you would be like, no, you can't do that. But I think that's actually the way things operate. Let me explain. I really want you to think about this because there's something very strange, something very odd about Christianity that I don't think we like to admit, because I think when it comes down to it, that's exactly how we do our Christianity, right? We can say whatever we want, believe whatever we want, and do whatever we want. And even though we say we can't, that's exactly what we do. Let let me try to explain. Ask anyone, right? Let's say you walk into a church and they're baptizing babies. You're like, why are you baptizing babies? They're going to say something like, because the Bible tells us to, because it's what the scriptures teach. You walk out of that church, you walk across the the street, and you're like, why are you not baptizing babies? Well, because the Bible doesn't tell us to. The Bible gives us a completely different perspective. The Bible doesn't tell us to do so. Well, the church across the street, they said the Bible told them to baptize babies. You're telling me the Bible tells you not to do it and doesn't tell you to do it. So which is it? Now, now, both, both churches are referring to the same Bible, (laughs) both churches are claiming that the Bible either is telling them to do something or not tell them to do something. You you, you say, okay, I'm confused by these two churches. You get in the car, you drive down a couple of blocks to to another church, you're like, okay, tell me about the end times when Jesus is going to come back. And someone's like, there will be a rapture, a secret rapture of all believers. And why do you know that? Because the Bible teaches it. The Bible tells me so. You're like, okay, well, there's a church across the street. So you you leave that church, you run across the street. Okay, tell me about the end times. Tell me about this thing called the secret rapture where all believers... No, the Bible does not teach that. Well, it just came from a church across the street. They told me the Bible does. All right, okay, well, okay, I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this. Let's, let's go to, let's go to a different church. So you go to a different church. Okay. So, so we, we've got two churches telling me two completely opposite and contradictory things about 
baptism, both claim that it comes from the Bible. Then I went to two other churches, completely different contradictory things about the end times and this thing called a rapture, both claiming the Bible says so. You go to another church and you ask a a question, uh, something in regards to salvation, right? Okay, how are we saved? Well, because you received and you accept. No, because God chooses and God gives you faith both claiming the Bible tells you so. You go to another church. One says, no, it's closed communion. The other one says, it's close communion. Well, why? Because the Bible says so. You go to about salvation. No, it's free grace. No, it's lordship because the Bible says so. It doesn't matter. You just go from church to church to church to church to church. They will all claim because the Bible says so. Every single church says the exact same thing. The Bible says so. Can I lose my salvation? Yes, you can. How do you know that? The Bible says so. But the church across the street says I can't lose my salvation. How do they know? The Bible says so. Is healing guaranteed? Yes, the Bible says so. No, the Bible doesn't say that. I mean, it's it just goes on and on. I can make a list. You can make, you can make, literally, you can take a piece of paper, dividing, divide it in half of completely contradictory doctrinal beliefs found within so-called Christianity about salvation, about baptism, about the Lord's Supper, about who can preach and who cannot preach, about tongues, about healing, about divine revelation. I mean, I could just make a list and you, and it would be completely contradictory beliefs. And guess what you're going to be told? The Bible says so. This is what the Bible teaches. Now, it's okay if I do that for my podcast, right? I'm coming to you live from the wherever. I can just make it up. I can just say whatever I want. I can give a different date and and you're not going to care too much. You may be like, well, that's foolish. Clearly, he's not coming to me from the future. Clearly, clearly he did not record this in 1775. Clearly, it's not from, you know, the ancient past. I mean, there's some things you would just say is ridiculous, but you'd be like, it's his podcast, whatever. Maybe, maybe it would just irritate you, you wouldn't listen. But when it comes to Christianity, no, 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 no. It's not opinion. It's the word of God. And then everyone is going around saying, no, this is, no, this, 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 this. And it never ends. And everyone claims because the Bible says so. Because the Bible says so. Well, the Bible can't be saying completely contradictory things. So I wonder if we were being painfully honest. I mean, brutally honest. Maybe we should just start saying, Wait, why do you baptize babies? Because I say so. How come you don't buy uh, baptize babies? Because I say so. How come you practice close or open communion instead of closed communion? Because I said so. How come you believe healing is guaranteed? Because I said so. How come you don't believe healing is guaranteed? Because I say so. I mean, maybe that that's just being more brutally honest. Maybe Christians should just say, Because I say so. Because is it really the Bible saying so, or is it us saying so? And we simply look to the scriptures to somehow justify or support what we are saying. Are we, is the Bible just there to go, okay, I just give me a verse that seems to agree with what I'm saying. Really, it's not the Bible that's the authority. We are the authority. It's not the Bible determining what we believe. It's us determining what we believe. 
Now you may be going, wow, you, you, <laughs> you, you took this, you took this broadcast down a, a dark and depressing and discouraging road really, really fast. Well, I, I did because I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated. And why am I frustrated? Well, I, I I wanted to come up here and talk about other things. We need to talk about uh, the book of Amos. We need to talk about the Bible study exercise that we're doing this week. I mean, there's so many other things that we need to talk about. I mean, I I mean, I still want to get to a discussion about law and gospel. I mean, so many different things, so many series. But when I was getting ready, I got a notification. I, I subscribe to a an app called Medium, Medium, M-E-D-I-U-M, Medium, and it's basically people can write articles for Medium, and for a small fee, like $5 a month, you get access to all their articles, and I, and I uh, follow Medium uh, for all of the religious, theological, biblical, Christian, spirituality, philosophy uh, kind of articles, because, well... Obviously, I have an interest for that, and I have a theological podcast, so kind of keeping up with what people are talking about. Now, a lot of their, a lot of the articles aren't from a historical, biblical, Christian perspective per se. But again, what does that even mean? Because it's, is there is there really a historical, biblical, Christian perspective when in reality all we are doing is saying because I say so? Is it really because the Bible says so, or because I say so? Look, just just. Follow, just get on social media and watch Christians argue about everything. I mean, was was it last week? You have to grow a beard. I mean, that really proves your spirituality. You should have a beard. If you don't have a beard, you've caved into culture. Why? Because the Bible says so. The Bible mentions beards multiple times. So see, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't even want to go back to that podcast episode. It's just absolutely crazy. But I, so, but in in my mind, these articles many times deviates from the beaten path, which I like because I like hearing different perspectives. But I saw one today that I just, I mean, now I don't, I haven't even read the article yet. I just, as soon as I saw the title, I'm like, I got to get upstairs and I got to turn on the microphone because this, this can't, <laughs> this is, Without, I don't know if the author intended it this way because I haven't read the article. We'll work through a little bit of the article here for the next few minutes. But when I saw it, I was like, you got to be kidding me because here's the title. Now, I think he probably, he may just gave a provocative title and he's going to kind of backtrack from it because it got me to obviously click on it, which, uh, you know, you got to get that headline that gets everyone's attention, right? But I think that there's probably truth in this headline or in this title that maybe they weren't intending but I just tried to demonstrate that it's a reality. And again, if you don't believe me, just just look at all the churches in your city and look at the completely contradictory things that they teach, like completely opposite. One teaches infant baptism. The other one teaches believer's baptism. One teaches by sprinkling. One teaches by immersion. One teaches a close communion. One teaches closed communion. One teaches you can lose your salvation. One says you can't lose your salvation. One says you're saved by your own faith, by you having faith and you choosing. The other one says, no, God has to choose you and give you faith, completely opposite to one another. And if you go to those churches, they will all tell you the Bible says so. The Bible can't be saying both things. So someone is not saying what the Bible is saying. Someone is saying what they say so. So the, the title of this article is this. The Bible according to me. The Bible according to me. 
the Bible according to me. That should be the name of every Christian podcast, the Bible according to me, because every Christian podcaster is giving the Bible according to them. Every church, this should be like the, on every church, this should be their doctrinal statement at the beginning of it. The Bible according to us, right? As a, as an organized body, right? The, this is, this, we're going to teach the Bible according to us. Whenever the pastor stands up behind a pulpit today, I'm going to teach the Bible according to me. But we all convince ourselves, no, 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 no. We don't do that. We teach the word of God accurately and carefully. And, and we, we, no, I, do we, or is it just the Bible according to us? Now, right underneath that headline, the Bible according to me, which just, I mean, as soon, as soon as I saw that title, I was like, this may turn into a week of, this may turn into a podcast series, but I'm just telling you, there's no way to get around it. You know, this is a reality, no matter how uncomfortable it makes you, this is the reality. Christianity does the Bible according to us, Christian, each individual Christian. But underneath that, it says, I have created a Bible according to my view of God. I have created a Bible according to my view of God. Have you created a Bible according to your view of God? Has your church created a church according to your view of God? Have you created a Christianity according to your view of God? I will say you have. You have your view of Christianity according to your view. And anyone, and whenever someone disagrees with your view, you go find or you can find the view that agrees with your view because your view is the right view. Why? Because you say so. And very rarely does anyone ever come to me with, you know, all of their study. No, they're right and everyone else is wrong. That's the way it works. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very cynical and jaded by this, but I've just been within Christianity too long to see this. Everyone thinks they're right. So underneath those two things, the, 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 first, the main title, the Bible according to me, right underneath that, I've created a Bible according to my view of God. And then there's a photograph. It says my, and it's a Bible laying on a table right next to it is a highlighter. Uh, above that, above the Bible to the left, it looks like a, a cup of coffee. Then there's some kind of book to the left, and then it looks like a, some kind of tablet with some other markers. And it says, my Bible at my favorite safe place, Starbucks. So he has the Bible. He's at Starbucks drinking a coffee, right? And what is he doing? Well, according to this, he's creating a Bible according to his own personal view of God. That this is the Bible according to him. Now, I'm assuming all of this is done in a provocative way. And now he's going to back it up and uh, offer some kind of like, you know, no, that's not what we're supposed to do. But in a, uh, whether, whether, whatever his intention was, unintentionally, he just, it's just to me, he's speaking a truth that no Christian can deny. We do Christianity according to us. It's not the Bible says so, it's I say so. And there's very little way to get around that. That's just 2,000 years of church history. Everyone says, I say so. We will tell you it's the Bible. But again, the Bible can't say all the things Christians say. You can't have that many contradictory doctrines and theologies 
and and all claim to be coming from the Bible. Someone is is horribly wrong. In fact, more than someone, a lot of people are horribly wrong. So let's let's see what he's going to do here. Yes, you read it well. You hopefully do the same thing, so don't complain. <laughs> now his first sentence is, "Hey, you you read that correctly, and and wait." Hopefully you do the exact same thing. You have the Bible according to you. You have created a Bible according to your view of God. So it says, hopefully you do the exact same thing. So don't complain. Is that really the way we need to look at it? Hey, hopefully you've created your own, your own Bible according to your view of God. Hopefully you've created your own Christianity according to your view of God. And I get to do the same thing. So nobody complain. Is that the way we should handle it? I, I'm, I'm hearing aloud, like, no, no, that's not acceptable. But is it? I mean, because I think that's exactly, that's exactly what we do. Let's see where they go with this. It says, I'm an ordained pastor from a specific denomination with a unique understanding of the Bible. Shouldn't I simply, sheeplishly say, I follow and teach their fundamental beliefs? Nope. Okay, now, there's a lot right here. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If you're a pastor of a specific denomination, wouldn't you have to follow and teach their fundamental beliefs? And if you don't teach their fundamental beliefs, shouldn't you probably leave said denomination? I mean, is that the way it works now in some denominations? I mean, what's even the point? Don't even get me started on my whole frustration with denominations and all of the supposed things it's supposed to fix, but it hasn't, but okay. But it says right underneath that, nope. Then it quotes John 5, 39. You search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me. It's not my role to teach you what the Seventh-day Adventist church believes. My duty is to lead you to Jesus, period. Okay, the Bible is a complex compilation of books that include fictional stories, actual events. Now, I'm assuming the fictional stories he's referring to as parables. I'm assuming. I'm assuming that's what he's referring to there. All right. Uh, The Bible is a complex compilation of books that includes fictional stories, actual events, poetry, letters, journals, and even accounting. It was written thousands of years ago, and we only have translations of copies of copies of copies of the original manuscripts. Sometimes, most of the time, to be honest, it's all mixed up, and at other times, it, and other times, it is clearly labeled. Now, that's at least being honest. It's all mixed up. It's it's uh, it's a whole bunch of different things, and let's be honest, it can be extremely confusing, even though we like to pretend that it's not. No one. I repeat, according to this article, no one can boast of having a perfect understanding of the entire scriptures. At the end of the day, it is always a personal or borrowed interpretation of ancient writings. Wow. Okay. This is rather profound. So is it really the Bible says so? 
Or, or is it more honestly, I say so? Because every interpretation you have is either a personal one or a borrowed one. Personal, you came up with it. Now, I think there's some things you can do to test your personal interpretation, right? Your interpret, your personal, whatever your interpretation is, you either have to identify it with a P or a B. P being personal, B being borrowed. Okay, now the personal, this is what you, you can test your own personal one. How many hours of in-depth personal study have you done to arrive at that interpretation? Like you should be able to show your work, right? I mean, you should be able to, no, now, now, if it was because you were listening to sermons and sermons and sermons and sermons, then it's borrowed, right? That's not personal. That's borrowed. If you listen to sermons, if you read books, if you listen to podcasts, to, 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 and, and to strengthen that, boost that, and continue to tell you you're right, that's a borrowed interpretation. So I'm not asking how many hours you listen to sermons. How many hours did you grab a Bible, use the Bible methods, use hermeneutical principles, and, do, and work, out, work out all of your study, and then at the conclusion say, here's my interpretation. If you haven't, I'm going to argue 90% of Christian. Well, I'm going to be even, I'm going to be, I'm going to even be more bold. I'm going to say 95 to 97% of Christians, their interpretations are nothing more than borrowed interpretations that they take, they claim it as their own, and they tell everyone, because I say so, while pretending to be, while at the same time disguising what they're really saying, I say so. When what they should be saying is because others say so. That's what they should say, but no Christians are. <laughs> We're too narcissistic to say, well, others say this. No, we say, I say so. But on the whole time, we disguise it with, the Bible says so. No, the Bible didn't say anything. You don't even know what the Bible said. You didn't do any actual meaningful study. You listened to 50 sermons. Congratulations. You borrowed an interpretation. So if you claim it's a personal interpretation, if you claim it, then you should be able to show your work. Did you use a, a topical method, a thematic method, a book background method, a biographical method, a chapter summary method, a chapter analysis method, a verse-by-verse -verse analysis, a book synthesis? What did you use? Most Christians have not ever engaged in any significant, meaningful Bible study on their own. They've borrowed interpretations. They claim it as their own. They plagiarize right? Instead of calling it personal, we should just call it plagiarized. You listen to other sermons and you're like, nope, I'm right. And then when push comes to shove, when, when you get really mad, when someone's like, no, well, step up and show me. Come on, where's your, no, I'm not going to show you my work. Well, because you didn't do anything. You're plagiarizing someone else's interpretation, claiming it as your own, then while pretending that it, the Bible said so, the Bible didn't say anything. You're saying it based off your plagiarism. Ooh, now, 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 now things got really quiet. Yeah, now things got really, really quiet. Now we're getting personal. Now, now I'm stepping on some toes. Yeah, that, 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 so it's, it, listen, it's either personal or borrowed. If it's personal, you did the work. If it's borrowed, you took it from someone else. So all of your interpretations, baptism, Lord's Supper, you just name it, salvation, tongues, all of it. How much of it is based off sincere, in-depth study and how much is simply borrowed? And why are you walking around telling everyone 
The Bible says so. You say so. No, no, not even you. Others said so. Where am I going with this, is what the next line of the article says. Hear me out. I pursued the Bible's pages not to find salvation or eternal life, but to find Jesus. In that sense, I don't care if a given passage is an accurate account of some event or a fictional story. I search for the lesson between the lines and ask myself if it points to Jesus or reveals God's character. Now, here we go. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. So, he's going to go with the extra. He's going to go with the extra spiritual sounding one, right? Okay. So, everyone's interpretation is either personal or borrowed. But for him, he... I, he doesn't study the Bible to find salvation or eternal life. He simply studies the Bible to find Jesus. He doesn't really care if a passage is accurate. He doesn't really care if a passage is a fictional story. He doesn't care as long as it points to Jesus. Now, wait, who said that every single passage and every single verse should point to Jesus? Now, I know people go, well, remember when Jesus said he started in the Old Testament and pointed out the things that refer to him? Yeah, the things in the Old Testament that refer to him, not every single verse or every single passage. That's a broken hermeneutic where you're forcing Jesus into a passage that he may not even be found in. So in a roundabout way, he's, he's, he t- think about it. Hey, you know, it's either your personal interpretation or it's the Bible's interpretation or it's a borrowed interpretation. But then he immediately puts forth, well, a hermeneutic that well, he uses for himself. Well, then I don't have to follow your hermeneutic. I can follow a different hermeneutic. With that in mind, I've read the Bible numerous times and underlined over a thousand verses. If you printed those verses, you would see Jesus in them. In that sense, I've created my own Bible, a set of verses that inspire me daily because they point to Jesus, my ultimate goal. Does it make any sense? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. You don't just go through the Bible and highlight passages that you think point to Jesus and just somehow give you something. No, you study the Bible to figure out context, syntax, language, definition, historical background, you know, like basic things of reading a book. But I don't know. What do I know? We just, we all just do whatever we want anyway. So none of it really matters. It's all vanity, vanity, meaningless, meaningless anyway. It says, now it's your turn to personalize your Bible. No, it's not your time to personalize your Bible. I don't, I don't know even, that, that's a, 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 just an interesting article, but I just want to go back to the, what I do love about the article, all right? I do love this about the article, is he does acknowledge that every interpretation is in a personal one or a borrowed one. That is brilliant. That's brilliant insight. I do love that. So let me ask you a couple of things. Honestly. Do you feel that we're actually not being honest as Christians when we basically say, why do we believe this? Because the Bible says so. I think we're being completely disingenuous and dishonest. Because everyone claims that. We're cl- this is what I say. Let's just be honest. This is what I think. This is what I say. This is what we say as a church. This is what I say. Now, 
I, and you say, well, I don't like that. I understand that. But that's just the uncomfortable reality because clearly the Bible can't be saying what everything that people claims that it's saying. I mean, we just know obviously it can't. Now you're convinced that what you think it says, it says, but if everyone, the other people think they're just as convinced that it says what they say it says. So something is clearly wrong. So I, I think there's no way to fix that. I think it's just, has, I think it's just, you know, so what do you think? Well, what I think it says is this, because I'm not, I, if I tell you that's what it says, someone else is going to tell you it says the opposite. That's why I'm usually always like, well, here's my position. And I always go, but just know mine's in the minority of the minority of the mind. I always try to let everyone know with that. Hey, you can go find other views that are far more popular and far more people will agree with. So I think we have to just be honest that what the church is, the church is what we, we, we've created churches according to what we think. We've created a Christianity according to what we think about God. All of it is very much what we want and what we do, and it's very and, and it's almost impossible to get around that. But I think this is at least something we can acknowledge because I think this is the starting point to fixing it. All right? I want you to think about everything you believe. I want you to think about every interpretation you have, all of your doctrinal beliefs, because you have them. And I want you to just ask yourself how many of those are your own personal interpretation? And how many of them are borrowed? And once you establish which ones are personal and which ones are borrowed, then I honestly want you to ask yourself for the personal ones, how much study has actually been given to developing that personal interpretation? Now, you know. You can probably, look, if you're in, if you actually did the study, there's probably a notebook somewhere with all of your notes and scribbles and scratching things out and erasing and re, it's probably going, it's going to demonstrate that you spent considerable amount of time because there's no way to do that without doing, writing things down. You can't just, because if you're not doing the work, then you're just listening to someone else, which then it would not be a personal interpretation. It would be a borrowed one. It's somewhat frightening if you think about it, that most Christians, this is a frightening thought. I think this is kind of scary. I'm going to argue that 97%, maybe 98%, I may even go 99%. It's above 90%. I don't, I don't think any, maybe you can offer some kind of argument against me, but I, I just, I have not seen it in my Christian life. I believe 90% of Christians, their doctrinal beliefs, their beliefs, their interpretations, are nothing more than plagiarized. They borrowed them. And he's saying borrow as a nice way. I'm going to say plagiarize because we steal them and then claim them as our own. And then we argue people, no. And then we, and then we disguise the plagiarism by saying the Bible says so. You don't know what the Bible says. You listen to a sermon. Now, one of the things I've been fighting against is some of these problems with trying to do the Bible study exercise, where I try to get Christians to actually engage in Bible study. You know, get a notebook, get the reference tools, do the homework, do the assignments, actually study. And you know what? The majority of Christians will not even entertain the thought of participating in the studies. I know that. And that's okay. But if you don't do the study then stop claiming the Bible says so and stop. start admitting that others said so. You stole their interpretations. 
You're trying to play them off that, that like they're your own, and then you're trying to cover it up by claiming the Bible says so, when you don't have a clue what the Bible says because you haven't done any actual work in what the Bible says. But you'll still disagree, and you'll still argue. The Bible according to me, a Bible according to our view of God. A Christianity according to our view, our opinion. This is not about, oh, we have a problem. This is about a reality that nobody wants to admit or talk about. Love to get your thoughts. Email me, newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. All right, in about an hour and a half, I'll be standing behind the pulpit at Victory Baptist Church in Ovalo, Texas. And we're going to begin, well, one of the steps for the book survey method on our, in our study in the book of Amos. I don't know if I should do this, but I, I'm going to kind of, I'm going to kind of, I'm going to do it anyway. And hopefully, hopefully it will be very, very, very beneficial. I hope so. All right. There you go. Thanks for listening. God bless.